Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I am your host, Bianca Fly. want to say a happy Thursday to you guys out there. Man, I know uh, B5 has been gone for a minute, but you guys know I had to take a little break uh, for my birthday, representing those Leos, you guys. Uh, and so I had a great time um, in doing that and all of those great things. So um, definitely, definitely excited to uh, be back on the air again and uh, as always you guys the beautiful butterfly radio show is brought to you by YRN 1328 network that means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally so big shout out to YRN 1328 you guys and I'm excited I'm excited because we always have a new guest for you guys give you somebody new to meet and potentially collaborate with in one way or the other. And so tonight, you guys, we got author of Blindsided and Ambushed. Um, Author Lisa Sparrow is in the building, you guys. We're going to be talking about this amazing book. I was just blown away uh, by the details that go into uh, this story. And when you guys hear, you're going to be in store for a treat as well. And so I hope that you guys will definitely take the time to make sure you share the show, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Let everybody know that author Lisa Sparrow is over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show tonight with your girl Bianca Fly, you guys. And so, of course, we got to pay those bills to get things started. So we're going to take a little break, you guys, but we're going to come back and we're going to welcome our special guest of the evening, you guys, right here on Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his work available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Show. 
I'm your host, the Anka Fly. Is I uh, hope that this week has been uh, treating you guys fairly well. Um, I know a lot of the kids are starting to go back to school and all of those uh, things, and so hopefully that's starting um, on a positive and great note for you guys. And so, of course, uh, for you folks out there who may not know, we got a special guest tonight, you guys. We got author Lisa Sparrow. She's in the building. We're going to be talking about her book entitled Blindsided and Ambush, you guys. I'm telling you, this is a good one. Why? Uh, Because it um, takes on some true and real and authentic details uh, of one's life, you guys. So if you're out there, maybe you got a question or a comment, or you want to share your thoughts, uh, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number, you guys. And so we're not going to delay any further. We're going to bring the lady of the hour on here. Lisa, you there? I am here. How are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, definitely honored to have you on the show this evening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I am so absolutely. excited. <laughs> absolutely. And so, of course, for the folks out here, Lisa, uh, who may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about who is Lisa Sparrow. <laughs> That's always a loaded question right there. A loaded question. (laughs) It is a loaded question. (laughs) I am, you know what, I like to think that I am a simple person, but I might be a little complicated because I'm going through the change right now, and that is nothing nice. Baby, that is nothing nice. But, I mean, writing is my passion, I love yeah. it. I, it's very cathartic for me, just very, very cathartic. And, uh, I mean, I'm very open. I'm very candid about the things that I write about. So I'll put a mm-hmm. lot of myself into the book. I, I mean, I'm just – and people are like, well, do you hold anything back? Oh, yeah, baby, because everything isn't, isn't going to be written about. <laughs> so <laughs> there's some details y'all don't need to know about. So, um, and ultimately, I would love to be a motivational speaker and a mental okay. health advocate as well as a full-time wonderful. writer. Wonderful, wonderful. And so leading to where we are today, when did, when did you decide? Because I know for this book, um, this book is actually um, some details of your personal life, something you experienced uh-huh. personally. And so what made you decide um, you want to write a book? So kind of take us back to memory lane, so to speak, of of when this all (laughs) began, because this was an 18-month journey, so to speak, for you. And so when when did things kind of start taking that spiral in in a very interesting direction? As I was actually living this 18-month journey in, in the very, very beginning, my girlfriends who went through this with me were like, you have to write about this Um, because I was actually writing um, my first book. And Mm -hmm. they were like, you have to, this is lifetime movie worthy. And I'm like, really? And they're like, you know, if we weren't living this with you, there's no way that we would have believed that this is real. 
there's no way that we would have believed that this has happened to you. So that's how I ended up writing this book because who would have believed it? Mm-hmm. Who I mean, mm-hmm. as I, it was a joy to write. It really was. I mean, it, it brought up a lot of memories. Some of them painful. Some like, wow, I really lived through that. And right. it just lets you know who your support is. You don't have to ask mm-hmm. your true friends for help. They're there. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And so with this book. Um, because we we want to share um, a, a bit with the listeners, and so tell us the the, the event that led up uh, to creating this book. I know uh, this book starts off with you and you actually um, taking uh, a family vacation, right? Yes, it was a vacation which I had never really gone on before, and by this time my daughter is grown. She was in college, and it was Mm -hmm. my son and I, and we went to New York to visit a childhood friend. We actually started in Atlanta, and then we went up to New York to visit a childhood friend of mine. And the key in all of this is a childhood friend. So this isn't someone brand new that I met. It's not, you know, people are like, were were y'all romantically involved? Uh, no, <laughs> this is a this is a childhood friend that my 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 brother knew, my parents knew. You know, we all right. grew up in the same neighborhood, so I mean, everybody knew this. And while we were there, she started poisoning me the moment I walked in the door. Oh my god! Mm. Wow. So I mean, wow. and and that's the thing about it is like, like I'm sorry, what? Yeah. She poisoned me. She started poisoning me the moment I walked in the door. And I had a stroke in my sleep. Mm. So I literally woke up handicapped. Wow. And that was was his own experience. I'm laying Mm -hmm. next to my child. He was 12 at the time. So, I mean, he's old enough to, to know everything that's going on. And right, you right. You poisoned right. me knowing that the chances of me dying next to my child were high. But wow. it was already, the plans were already laid. She had already called New York Children's Services and told them that I had abandoned my son. And anybody who knows me, and I mean really knows me, knows how thin I am about my son. Right. So there's no way that I was going to go from Ohio all the way to New York to just drop him off and go to a hotel. Really, who does that? So it was, wow. And this woman looked me in my face as she poisoned me the whole time I was there or that we were there. Wow. So she ended up actually poisoning both of you guys. No, just me, just me. She was always very good to him. She was very good to my son, yes. Wow. Yeah. And so I know most people uh, uh, usually ask, you know, the question would be was, well, what type of childhood friend were they to you growing up? So kind of explain to us you guys' relationship. Like, you know, what kind of relationship do you guys have, have growing up? I thought 
thought we had a pretty good relationship growing up, but as I'm talking to my brother, you know, this is after mm-hmm. I got home, this is after mm-hmm. I gone through rehab, so, um, I had wow. a stroke of my sleep, so I had to learn how to walk and write and, you know, do buttons and everything wow. that we take for granted mm-hmm. because, I mean, mm-hmm. we know how to do, you know, 41 years right. old, of course I know how to write my name, of course I know how to zip my, you know, my, my uh, slacks and uh, walk. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? But after I had gone through all of that, my brother and I were talking, and I was thinking, like, we were best friends, and oh, he was like, who? I was like, we were best friends. He was like, Lisa, she was never nice to you. I said, I'm sorry, what? Wow. He was like, she was never nice to you. She always hit you. She was always mean to you. Mm. I was like, what? And so as I, because I lost a lot of memory, and it's been six years, almost seven years, yeah. and there's still chunks of things that I'm, I'm missing. So I had to go back to my girlfriends who were there with me through this whole thing, especially in the beginning, and help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, there are conversations that we've had and things that have happened that I have absolutely no idea about. So wow. while I'm talking to my brother, I, I have to go on what he's saying um, mm-hmm. at that time. But that part, some of it was hitting as, oh, Okay. I mean, she was a little princess because her siblings were adults. So they were already out of the house, and her parents were quite a bit older. So she got everything she wanted. And, I mean, I think I said in the book, it's like she had this little princess room, and I loved it, and I loved being in hell. She was the only kid at home, and I had a younger brother and sister at home. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) She was quiet at our house. So, right. And that's the thing about it is, I mean, I thought we were great friends. And once my brother told me that, I was like, oh, okay. And that really hurt my feelings. Not mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. said it, but it wasn't as I remembered things to be. And, I mean, we were friends, but she she was a mean little thing. So, yeah. and I say little because she's physically shorter than I am. I'm 5'10", and she's uh, 5, no, she's 4'9". So wow. I'm quite a bit taller. Wow. Yeah. So she's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's very interesting, Lisa, because when we think back on our childhood uh, with, with certain people, and we considered, you know, ourselves to have have treated people um, kind and, and befriended them in a great way. It's always interesting how people like that end up finding something about you that disturbs them, you know, and and it's interesting to hear it because even um, I remember growing up and, and there was this one girl in church and it was like I was her, literally her target. You know, of, okay, I'm going to make, you know, being in school for you um, a living hell, you know. And so she was kind of that, that that silent bully. You know, she was good for, like, sitting down uh-huh. next to you, but she would pinch you, you know, or do something, right. you know, crazy right. and out of the way. And I couldn't figure out for years and years, like, what what is – this person's problem, even though I treated her kind, I never, you know, brushed her off or act like I didn't know her, none of that, you know, but for her, she found something about me that really, you know, just disturbed her. And I find that a lot of times 
when people see, you know, certain things that are going on in your life. And like you said, you know, you're at home, you, you got the sibling at home, and, and you're thinking, okay, well, you got this prince, this room, you get everything you want. You're living this mm-hmm. life of luxury, so to speak, and, you know, you're right. kind of idolizing her, so to speak, but in a way, she might have kind of been idolizing you, you know, for for not having to, you know, live that life that, that she has to, had to live. And so it's always interesting how people find things in other people that kind of disturb them. And so, you know, even and, and having someone such as your brother, that outsider, you know, look in mm-hmm. and say, you know, she, she was really never nice to you. And then sometimes it takes people on the outside to say, you know, yes. that person really mistreated yes. you, you know. Yeah. Yes. And that's the funny thing about it is because I'm like, I wish you could have seen my face when you're like, well, maybe she idolized you. I'm like, who, huh, what? And I yeah. never thought about it like that. You know, yeah. I mean, we look, the thought and theory is, is that she wants to steal my identity. We look absolutely mm. nothing alike. She's 4'9", and she's dark-skinned wow. with long uh, locks. I'm 5'10", mm-hmm. light skin and I mean my hair is long but not as long as hers. There is no yeah, way yeah. on the planet she's gonna ever pass as me. Kill me in New York. Come back mm-hmm. home because I just paid I just got my refund and I had just bought brand spec and new furniture. Only time I'd ever had brand new furniture. Oh my goodness. And I was wow. going to have it delivered when we got back home from vacation. Mm-hmm. And um so, you know, I'm like, and she had asked for money, and I have a strict policy. If you are living with a man, uh, no. I I'm not going to take care of a grown man. <laughs> I, I'm just, just not right. exactly. You know, when my son exactly. got up a certain age, like, bro, you got to figure out what you want to do because at 6'6", six, right. six, wearing a 13 shoe, uh, <laughs> I can't feed you. Right. We're gonna have to take right. a struggle. We am I gonna feed you or am I gonna clothe you? And you know, at six six, <laughs> that was it's tall. You know? Right. So and that's the thing. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not getting up. So she got mad. She, I said, mm-hmm. wait a minute, honey, I'm a single parent. I'm a single parent too. Uh no, you got a, a dude laying next to you every night. Wow. She wow. says, Well, I have two kids. Uh well well you only have one. Hold hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. I had to. I did my time with two. It's just that mm. there are eight years between my children. So why are you getting jazzy with me? You know, I worked for a major bank at that time, and I was doing crazy overtime. You see, I'm doing it for my child. Yeah. I'm not right. doing it to take right. care of you and your family. Right. So you quit right. your job. Right. You quit your job to get on welfare. That is not my fault, nor is that my problem. Right. That's a choice that you made. So you're mad at me because I'm working my butt off and I have nice things. Okay. Wow. You just got to be mad because I'm not going to spoil my wealth. Yeah. I have a child to take care of. That was my last baby uh-huh. at home. And so he deserved it. Yeah. And so for you going through that, because at any moment, like, and I know your brother was saying, you know, that she was never kind to you, but from from what you can still remember, even to this day, did you see, did you ever remember any certain situations where she kind of, I don't know, gave you a, a, a vibe or energy that says, you know, ah, something, something might not be too right with this girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He brought that up. 
Um, and like I said, my feelings were hurt, and I got to thinking. Yeah. And it took me a little while. Like I said, I had a stroke. So, you know, my memory was messed up. It took me a little while, right. but as time has gone on, and I started writing this book, I was like, oh, my God, he was right. Because she would hit mm. me. She would, like you said, pinch me. Or she just would say really mean things to me, and other people noticed it. So once I went mm-hmm. back to my brother and said something, they immediately said everybody knew. I'm sorry, come again? Uh, uh, what, what? what? You know, so I I didn't know that everybody knew. He said, but you were so loyal to her. Everybody mm. left her alone. Yeah. And that's wow. the sad part. It, absolutely. And, and that's the thing about, you know, being loyal to someone. And I think that it's sad that people, you know, loyalty nowadays, you, you have to really wonder um, the limp. Yeah. Of people's loyalty, yeah. you know, and what yeah. kind of, you know, like when you read in a contract, you got to read that fine print of terms and conditions. We kind of got to read, <laughs> you know, we kind of got to ask like people, what's the terms and conditions of this? It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the terms and yeah. conditions of uh, of this loyalty, of this friendship? Yeah. Because, you know, people consider, you know, and, and even going back to where you talked about how, she would ask you for money. And I remember having a friend like that who, you know, they created their own circumstances. And what I mean is, yes, they could have, you know, created better circumstances for themselves, but they chose not to. And so every time they got into that slump, it was like, okay, let me pick up the phone and call her, you know, and see if if she's going to send me this money. And I think that people often, you know, they try, try to put you in those situations you know, to to make you pick and choose, okay, do I want to send this money or do I, you know, want to maintain this friendship, which is a bad spot to to put Mm -hmm. anyone in, especially, like you said, you're out here sacrificing, you know, for your son, you're working overtime, you know, she chose Mm -hmm. to, you know, live off the system by choice, not by circumstance, but by choice, you know, and so, that's 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 a lot for for one to deal with, and so you know even with that, um, and because I I also wanted to when it came to her family, what kind of what kind of things did you notice about her family dynamic? Because I always believe that individuals like that and who grow up like that, they're uh, they're not too far away from the root of their issues, so to speak. And so what did you kind of notice about her upbringing as far as her family? You know what? She was the apple of her daddy's eye. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He was, he was, he was an older man, um, much older. And um, so when I say that her siblings were older, they were like in their 20s and 30s. So they were mm-hmm. a lot older than we were. And, I mean, she just could do no wrong by him. And her relationship with her mother was always strained, and it still is. Still wow. Is. Yeah, absolutely. For you, 
taking this trip, um, this this vacation with a, a very unexpected <laughs> turn of of events. <laughs> uh, what when when you told her? Because most people think, you know, if you're traveling, you're going to see uh, an old classmate or a childhood friend. It's like, hey, girl, I'm coming through. You know, I can't wait to see you. There's excitement. There's mm-hmm. plans being made. What did you notice that that day that you led up to to going to visit her? What 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 was that conversation like, or what had that conversation been like leading up to your arrival? That's the crazy thing about it. If I had looked at the signs, because people give you signs. Yeah. If I had looked at the signs, I'd have realized that this is a very very bad idea. Um. Mm starting with when we got lost in the D.C., Maryland area. And wow. if you don't know those freeways, honey, you're going to get lost. And that's what happened. We got, <laughs> right. we, got turned, woo, we got turned around for about an hour, hour and a half during rush hour, mind you. So I'm oh, frustrated, man. you know, and I'm just trying to get to New York. And we're, we're, we're calling, we're texting each other. Well, no, because I don't text and drive. My son asked me not to. So we're talking to each other, and then communication just stops. Okay, okay well, you know, we're we're on the road, so, okay. you know, it's probably mm-hmm. on my end. No big right. deal. And when we get there, she looked at me out the window, looked me dead in my face, and did not open the door. Wow. And that was the point that I should have said, uh-uh. From Atlanta to New York, driving is right. a serious fault. It's not a quick drive at all. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. No, ma'am. Yeah. That's not an around-the-corner kind of a deal at right. all. And right. For her to do that, I was like, oh, this is what we're doing? I looked at my son. I said, baby, I said, look, I'm too tired to drive home tonight. Let's just go find mm-hmm. a room somewhere and we go home in the morning. And he was clearly mm-hmm. disappointed. I said, well, Mommy, try. He says, I know. And he's like, okay, Mom. And so we set out trying to find a hotel. And then she called about seven minutes later. Now, I don't know where I'm at. I didn't realize I was literally on an island. There mm-hmm. were no hotels mm-hmm. here. So when she called and said, oh, they didn't tell me, I said, you look me dead in the face. She didn't say anything. Wow. I said, okay, we'll turn around. We'll be there. And I should have listened to those spidey senses that were tingling and Mm -hmm. said, this is a bad idea. Don't Mm -hmm. do this. Just find the room. But he, he had never been to New York. So I was like, okay, baby. The things that we go through for our kids, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Right, right. Go right. ahead, let's do this. We're here now, so let's just make We're the here best. Now. Right, right. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm irritable because I'm tired, I'm hungry, you know, and we made this journey. And I was so excited to see her. I've been looking for her for years and couldn't find her. And she found me on Facebook. Mm. Wow. I think that. The, the the hard thing about growing up and and people growing up from childhood into adults and someone uh, 
and it's funny. I watched a a, a movie a day, and and the, the name of it, um, it's called Hope Floats. Um, and in it, um, the, one of the main characters, her little girl, um, her and her child's uh, father had divorced, and so she always gave the little girl some tidbits about you know what childhood is like, but she always talked about how childhood. Everybody talks about how, you know, childhood is made for um, creating memories, but she actually told her daughter that in our childhood, once we become adults, we're still trying to deal with stuff that we've experienced in our childhood, Mm -hmm. you know. And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that never leaves people because even though for you, Mm -hmm. you've grown up, you have a family, Mm -hmm. and you kind of moved on and you lose touch with people, some people can't take the fact of coming, you know, seeing you. And, I'm, and I've seen it before, and I've heard it before about people. Oh, I saw such and such on Facebook, and they think they're doing so right. good. You know, it's just people, it's, it's right. what people assume. They don't necessarily know mm-hmm. if you're doing good, but just how exactly. it appears, you know. And, and, and that's the, the sad part is because, you know, for her, when she found you, and her life may not have been going the way it would. It's like, oh, there she is. You know, like there's Lisa. Right. Like I can't, you right. know, and, and, and she begins to harbor, you know, all these different type of feelings or whatever. And so in the time that you two did not, you know, how did you guys end up um, losing communication with one another? Did it kind of just fall off and you guys went your separate journeys? Um, or how did you guys manage to kind of lose communication for a while? I ended up in foster care. So, you know, I was ripped away from my home, and I bounced around Franklin County here in Columbus, Ohio. So Mm -hmm. that's how we lost contact is, you know, I I just went through foster care, lost Mm -hmm, contact, mm -hmm. and the last time I talked to her, at school, one of my classmates had been killed in a motorcycle accident, and wow. she's the one who called me to tell me. And that's the very last time that I talked to her up until that point. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. So uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to take a little break, you guys, but we're going to come back and uh, we're going to talk about um, the the aftermath of this, what happens uh, once um, that childhood friend, you know, betrays your trust and, and, and wants to um, take your life. And so we're going to delve into that and more, you guys. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everyone. It's me, Lisa from the Conversations with Trent show featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living right here on your radio network, YRN 1328.
Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2. Also author of the Devil's Calling Card 1, 2, and 3. All available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. This evening, you guys, we are joined by author Lisa Sparrow. You guys, she is the author of Blindsided and Ambush, you guys. And so we do have um, a couple questions from some listeners here. Um, Lisa, uh, let's see here. Deborah, uh, Deborah from Atlanta, Georgia, um, she wants to know, growing up, and reflecting back on your relationship with this individual, do you think that her issues uh, started with you way back in childhood, or did they only resurface once she reconnected with you through social media? Wow. Deborah, that is an excellent question. I honestly don't know. Um, I want to say my assumption has always been that it's been once we've reconnected mm-hmm. because um, I was working for a major bank, like I said, and I was working a lot of overtime. Um, I was dating, but I wasn't in a solid relationship. Well, I was mm-hmm. in a solid relationship. Um, I had just actually met someone, and we had been mm-hmm. dating for, for several months at that point, and I was pregnant. So I think it was, I don't want to say that I had what she wanted, but, I mean, I had a good job. And mm-hmm. I was making, mm-hmm. you know, when you're working time and a half and double time on holidays, right. yeah, it, it looks really nice. Right. So it's, it's my assumption that um, it started because of, um, us reconnecting via social media. It, it never crossed mm-hmm. my mind until, you know, you just said that, Bianca, like, well, maybe it's always yeah. been an issue. Oh, wait, wait a minute, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, because I think, you know, and, and it's interesting because people notice things about you when you're younger that you don't notice about yourself until later on somebody may mention something. I remember um, this guy who, um, when I was cheering and and he played football, and it was not till later on after college, um, and he said, you know, I always used to like you in school, but I was afraid to talk to you because you were one of the popular girls. And for me, I never considered myself (laughs) a popular girl. You know, I just considered myself a cheerleader. And because of the people who I hung out with were, I guess, considered popular, he kind of, you know, included me into that. And so I said, well, you know, why, why did you assume that? You know, what was it about, you know, that made you assume that? So I think that people have assumptions of, uh, of our lives and, and how we, you know, we kind of operate. And so I think yeah. people pick up little things about us when we're younger 
you know, and, and we're like, wow, like, you know, you would be surprised what people think of you when you're younger, you know, from, from them looking, you know, on the outside. And, you know, so it was very interesting. And so uh, another question from Erica from Dallas, Texas. Uh, she wants to know, we talked about this um, a little bit earlier in the show. What was the communication like upon to you visiting um, her that day? I know you mentioned you guys text. And then the communication kind of fell off. But earlier in that day, did she express any excitement? Like, oh, Lisa, I can't wait to see you. It's been so long, blah, blah, blah. What was, you know, what kind of vibe did you get from talking to her? And she was excited when she finally let me in the house. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's just, Lisa, it's, it's so, you know, and I'm a, life, I'm a lifetime junkie. And and and, okay. and <laughs> so watching movies on Lifetime, it's just amazing. Not amazing. I'm gonna say shocking to have reconnected with someone, and you've driven not two, not two hours, not three hours, but way past yeah. you know six plus hours to get to get there, <laughs> all for someone to look out their window and to look right at you. <laughs> and don't want to let you in their home. You know, it's kind of mind-boggling. And I, I'm pretty sure you, as well as your son, even though he was young at that time, but just thinking, like, what is going on with this lady? Like, I've driven all this, you know, I've driven all this time. I'm here. And now she's acting like I'm a stranger on the street. So when she finally let you in the house, and what kind of greeting did you get from her? Are you like anybody you haven't seen for a long time? Oh my God, I'm so yeah. happy to see you. And oh, you know, I'm so glad to finally, you know, see you in person. And Daddy will be so happy to see you. And, you know, because he was, like I said, he was, you know, quite a bit older. And I said, he yeah. would have. He would have loved that we had reconnected. So, to her due to the bodega to get my favorite drink, which is orange soda. I didn't think anything. Well, I did, but I did. I'm like, oh, I am thirsty. I'm hungry. And something don't drink the soda. <laughs> I'm looking at this soda, so wow. don't do it, anime. Don't do it. Anime drink the soda. <laughs> and that's when it started. That's when it started. She was happy to see me. And I was happy to see her to finally reconnect. After yeah, all yeah. of these years, to finally see her again. So it has been about twenty years mm. since we've wow. seen each other last. Wow. Leading up to that event, and when you, at the time, you know, getting poisoned, even though you you weren't aware of it at the time, and and having your son later on be there with you, um, what went through you? I guess after the fact, and 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 once the healing began, how did you learn that she, in fact, you know, had poisoned you and ultimately tried to kill you? This is something that my girlfriends have said from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I, no, 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 
There's no, no, I, I don't know why I had the stroke. And no, she wouldn't do anything like that. Who, who's going to believe? Wow. Who's going to believe that? Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. You've known this person, you know, most of your life at this point. No. Right, right. So to believe it, no, uh-uh, all the medical tests came back in New York. So my mm-hmm. best friend, Lisa, um, worked for um, a major grocery store chain here in Columbus. And um, Mm -hmm. she had been to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. And when I called her, I thought I sounded like me. As soon as she heard me, she knew something was wrong. She said, okay, let me make make the necessary arrangements, and I'll be there. Because she had young sons. Her her daughters are growing up the house and in college. Mm -hmm out of college, actually, and then she's got these young boys, so she started all over again, so she had to make sure she had arrangements for them. And she drove after getting off at, um, after going in at 5 o'clock in the morning, getting off at 2, she then hit the road for, a, I think it was a 12, 16-hour drive to come and get it. Wow. So, yeah. So, I forgot the whole question. Bless my heart. Um <laughs> About how you found out that she, or when, you, or when they gave That's you the results from the. Mm-hmm. Lisa always argued that point. She wanted to see test results. She wanted to see everything, and they told her I'd had a stroke in New York. But when she got me back home to Columbus, Ohio, and got me into um, one of the hospitals here, and they were doing my blood work, you know, we had to do the whole thing all over again. And they were doing my blood work, and she stuck me. The nurse stuck me and started getting blood, and it stopped and literally backed into mm-hmm. my body. I'm looking at this like I'm not looking. I, I know I don't see what I said. I'm, I'm looking at I, I just know what. This woman sat there, and she's like, what the hell just happened? I was like, well, how long you been doing this? <laughs> and she, she <laughs> said, I've been doing this for about 25 years. Oh, okay, so you know what you're doing? She said, yes, baby, I do. She said, what happened to you again? I said, I was poisoned. She said, something, something more than that. She said, this is some voodoo type stuff. Wow. She said, I've never seen this in all the years I've been doing this. I've never seen this happen. She said, okay, we're going to try this again. So she got rid of, you know, the, the needle she was using, the, the um, what is it, the um, thing that they tighten. Tighten around your arm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got rid of everything. Started fresh. She said, "We're gonna do this fresh. We're just gonna say that it was a problem with this needle, and, and you know, it did it again." Doctor mm-hmm. said, "We're gonna pray right now." So we're gonna fast forward. So once the lab results came back, my liver, white cow, kidneys. Enzymes, everything you could think of that they were te- they were looking for or you know running a test on, everything was elevated. So my white count was elevated, mm. my kidneys were elevated, my liver was elevated. I mean, it was just I was so out of whack, but mm-hmm. it was only mm-hmm. trace amount, so it wasn't enough left to test at that time. Now the original hospital that I was in in New York is now defunct. Okay, they never, never released any of my medical records. My insurance company called me, wow. and they're still coming in, but they will not release the records. 
we will not pay them until they release the record. Okay. Wow. So we don't know what kind of a uh, poison it was. The guy she was with um, is an African. Wow. Well, no shade to Africans. Love you all, brothers and sisters. But he was an African, and we know that there's some, some roots out there that right. they still haven't documented. And um, to this day, we don't know what it was. We just know everything was elevated, that New York originally said that I'd had a stroke. But she talked to somebody oh, goodness. and said it's all in her head. So you got the the student who's saying you're faking it, and then I've got the whoever's over the student with the doctor or whatever and saying, no, this is real, mm-hmm. that she's actually had right. a stroke. So he's wanting to discharge. Remember, I ain't going nowhere. You need to tell me something. It could be a gerbil running around in here. Right. That's fine. Just let me know what's going on. But you're not going to tell right. me I'm okay and send me back out into the world and I know I'm not okay. Something is wrong right. with me. <clears throat> oh, you right. just want attention. Uh, call it what you want, but you won't tell me something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it, it it was an experience, and then my child is going through all of this with me. He right. doesn't care, right. you know. He he wants to be with me. Mom, where can I, can I come and see you? Mom, where can I come and see you? She would bring him to see me, which was awesome. But she called me one day and she says, "You're not no longer welcome in my home." Okay. Wow. So, well, you know, if I give you the the money to Take us back home. No. Okay, well, you take us back home and I'll fly you back or Greyhound, train, however you want to get back. No. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you for everything. So I think she thought she was leaving me as a sitting duck. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. eventually she could track me down and finish me off. But my main concern was with this child. Right. I got to make sure he's safe. So, and the thing is, she, I don't, I mean, he had a phone. So he was 12. You think he doesn't know his grandmother's name, his sister's name? You think he don't know where he lives? But he right. couldn't give it. He was 12 years old, not 12 months old. He knew how right. to get home. Or at least mm-hmm. he knew not how to get home, but he knew where he lived. So right. I guess Or he, how to get in contact with someone about, to make sure he did get home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But while you're calling children's services, so I mean, it it was wow. it was a nightmare. It was truly a nightmare. But you know what? I'm gonna say that that I appreciate what she did. I know a lot of people can't boogie with that one, but I do. Mm. I was in a job yeah. that I hated. I absolutely hated that job, and I was with somebody I knew I had no business being with. And had she mm-hmm. not did what she did, I'd have been still at that job that I hated. I've been making good money, but I hated every day of it. And yeah. forcing a relationship that that didn't never had life in the first place. And I met and I gained a whole brand new family. I met some awesome people along the way. I finished my first book. She helped me write a second book. <laughs> So, and wow. I learned a lot about myself along the way. I learned how okay. resilient I am and how strong I am, which I never thought. We always thought because I suffered from depression, and I've had multiple mm. suicide attempts. 
and it's always been the assumption that if anything ever happened and I went into a coma or whatever, I would just give up and die uh, because mm-hmm. I went in on Thursday and I didn't wake up until Sunday. So once I woke up that Sunday, I started texting people. I started calling people. And, again, I thought I started okay. But in talking to everyone, as I'm writing this book, they were like, you are not okay. Everybody, all of my girlfriends were so helpful with, you know, during the writing of this. My son Mm -hmm. was not and still will not speak about that time. He won't acknowledge it at all. Wow. And I, I just have to leave it there. You know, so I'm like, okay. Not a problem, but, I mean, and that's the thing about it is to learn who you are. And I've had so much support along the way, Um, and I have a friend who's listening now who, although I met her after the fact, she was a huge support as I was writing this. So I would love to say, hey, Kiki Hall, love you, girl, thank you. So, (laughs) I mean, I just have so so many people, but Lisa, my best friend, um, Tani, and Keisha were all just, those were the three. Those were my rocks during that time. And Keisha, God bless her, had just had her her second child. And she had just had a cesarean, and she doesn't drive. But she was going to send her husband to New York to come and get us. And I couldn't do that. As much as I wanted to, I, I just could not do that. Like a couple of months before, so she moved back home from Charlotte back to Columbus. I could ask her to do it because she was grieving. And Lisa is a pit bull with a soup bone that hadn't eaten in a week when it comes to me. And she was amazing, just amazing. So when you're going through the tunnels, um, and I think, I wonder what we're going to say in Pennsylvania. I have a seizure condition already. She's like, Lee, put your head down. Lee, put your head down. And I was like, what? I was like, it's just a tunnel. Those lights started doing the things. She shoved my head down between my knees and, and, and threw a blanket over me because I got sick mm-hmm. to my stomach and we knew what was about to happen. So, I mean, she, mm-hmm. she knows instinctually what to do. So, um, right. you know, I, that, let me see. So that happened three days after my birthday, which was in February. Um, I was able to walk again in May. And wow. so 2011 was a, a rough year, but the, I met this wonderful guy, wonderful guy, a little, well, not a little bit older, he's a lot older than me. He was 21 years older than me, and I had met him in May, and um, I was still on my cane. And I had taken him to the hospital in June, and he passed away December 23rd of that year. Wow. So, I mean... And I had this great, wonderful older gentleman. So 2011 was a horrible year. But yeah. through it all, I had much of teach faith because we were homeless. So while I'm, while I'm in um, rehab, learning to walk again, my FMLA runs out. July 3rd, I'm wow. being evicted. And he had a triple bypass. Wow. And it was just. So I'm homeless now. But the agreement between my brother and I is in January, he asked me if he could have my son for the summer. I said, yes, that was my saving grace. Absolutely. That was my saving grace is that he had my my son being in my van. I'm sleeping on car lots and parking lots. You know, you're trying to find someplace dark enough but still safe 
so I'm not robbed and mm-hmm. raped and killed. I've been raped before. Mm-hmm. It's no fun. So mm-hmm. it it was all about muscle teeth faith. I was 41 years old. I knew eventually everything would be okay. But when? I've got this little boy mm-hmm. looking at me every day talking about I'm hungry. I don't know how I'm going to feed him because eventually mm-hmm. he has mm-hmm. to come home. He wants to spend right. time with me, but I have I can't take care of me. How am I going to take care of you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And what I want to do, um, Lisa, I want to take um, just a short break, but we're going to come back, you guys, and we're going to talk about um, the recovery and how you recover for something like this and seeking um, sources to help you get through uh, the recovery process of things um, so traumatic um, as the things that Lisa experienced, you guys. And so we're going to take a little break, but we're going to come back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. This evening, you guys, we are joined by special guest author Lisa Sparrow. You guys were talking about her book, Blindsided and Ambush. And, of course, if you're out there um, listening, we appreciate you guys tuning in. I see quite a few of you guys on the phone lines. Appreciate you guys uh, supporting this show. Uh, feel free to keep on inboxing me on Facebook at Bianca Fly. Uh, with your questions and so forth. And so, Lisa, I know, of course, um, everybody's top question uh, when it comes to this is what is the aftermath? What happened? Was the individual uh, arrested, brought up on charges? What, what, What was the end result of this very, very, uh, traumatic experience. No, she was never brought up on charges. And people are like, what? First off, I live in Ohio. She lives in New York. They never released the records. It was always a huge issue. The other right, thing is, right. is the fact that, you know, I'm not from there. I'm not familiar with, you know, the prosecutors or anything there. And as a single mom, it wasn't like I could continuously travel back and forth. Um, right. So that was the issue. She spent money from me because I had cash, as well as credit cards. But the way my cards were set up, if my bank doesn't recognize my purchases, <laughs> they're going to shut the cards down and ask questions later. So, right. you know, I, I, had a, I had a lot of cash on me, and she stole money from me. So that was the thing is that, you know, any money that I could have used to go on back, she took from me. And the hospital is now defunct, but where she lives and where the hospital um, was is where Hurricane Sandy came to shore. So I don't even know if the house she was living in is still standing, and she literally lived a block from the ocean. Wow. Literally lived a from the ocean, and it's the farthest point east that you can go in the mm-hmm. U.S., which is far Rockaway Beach, New York. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I don't know if it if it if it's even there anymore. But the hospital is defunct. Um, if they were defunct before um, Hurricane Sandy came ashore, so there was no way to even get my records anymore. Wow, wow! And so during that time, um, six seven years later. Um, have you um, heard anything from her, got anything interesting, intriguing in the mail or, or signs of, of, of anything, <laughs> contact from her, um, anything? You know what? I, this is It's so funny that you say that. Is, um, every blue moon I will get someone doing a reference check for her. And when you hit me hmm. with the Lisa Banks, oh, I know you know me, because most <laughs> people don't call me by my maiden name. Right, right. Okay, so I was like, oh, okay, not too many people <laughs> call me that. Right. <laughs> you know, that means we go way back. But um, so when I was with Ike, who you know, each each name, of course, for legal reasons, I had to change everybody's name. And each right, name right. means something. So, you know, we all know what Ike means. So mm-hmm. when I was with Ike, 
Now, what she does is she blocks me from her page so she can clearly see mine. And every now and again, she'll hit me on Facebook and then block me just as quickly. And um, Ike and I had a couple of pictures that were on there. She's like, oh, I hope he's treating you like a queen and you're a good woman. I was like, I noticed they did. Wow. She sent this message like, you're cool like that. And then she'll delete and block her. No, she won't delete. She'll block. That way I can't put her up. Oh, you pussy. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but that's been been five years ago. Mm -hmm. Because initially she did call me and ask how was I doing, where was I at, what was going on. I wasn't giving her that information. You were right. not coming home right. and finishing me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. defend myself, and my baby had to go to school during the day. So, uh, no. And, and speaking, so speaking of defending your mm-hmm. defending yourself, um, Daniel, a listener from Colorado, he wants to know were there moments um, over after that period of time that you lived in fear of that she would find out where you were and and come back to to finish the job. Absolutely, absolutely, Um, because I couldn't defend myself. I was paralyzed on the right side. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would have been an easy target. I mean, I'm a big girl, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't matter how big you are if you're unable to defend yourself. And Mm -hmm. like I said, my son had to go to school. I was, to me, I was a sitting duck. I couldn't move very fast. I couldn't go very far. I was on a cane. Um, so, it, yeah, I was terrified that she was going to come and finish me off. And then my child would have been an orphan, or worse yet, she would have hurt him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lived wow. in fear. Now I don't. Now I don't. But then, oh, I, yeah. I had nightmares all the time. Um, every, you know, what they say, things that go bump in the night. Mm-hmm. So any mm-hmm. little bump, you know, any anything that didn't, I was terrified. Wow. During this process of having to to deal with all of this, you know, having that childhood friend, the, uh, you know, turn of e- event to having a stroke, having to learn how to walk, eat, all of those things again. What did you learn about yourself throughout this whole process? Because I know sometimes people go through very, you know, traumatic experiences in life, and and they're sitting back and they're wondering, why me, God? Why is this happening to me? Why is this taking place with me? What did you learn about Lisa after this, that that you that made it sink in before. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to know? <laughs> after it was all said and done, as I'm writing this book, I was like, "Damn, I'm a badass. <laughs> I made it through." I mean, you know, I mean, because I could, I have one of two options. I'm gonna lay down and pop out on this one. Or I'm gonna get up and fight. Right. I have this child that I have to figure out how am I going to get him back to the life he was accustomed to. We had a good life. 
we had a good life. We went on vacations. We traveled. We ate. You know, we shopped. I mean, we, he had a good life. His sister didn't have it that lucky, but he had a good life. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know I was so resilient. I didn't know I was so strong. I did not know that I had it in me. I knew I had this child to, to take care of, and I had just bought a whole bunch, a whole bunch of brand new high heels. I had a whole bunch of heels. I had to get my sexy butt back into, honey. So <laughs> that was my that was what I used to learn to walk again. I got to get back in these heels. Now it took me three years to walk in heels again, but hey, that's beside the point. I got back in them, and so that was wow. the thing is. It was sheer tenacity. Yeah. It was sheer tenacity to, 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 I am stubborn. And Lisa tells me that all the time. She said, God, you're stubborn. And I just look at her because she's stubborn too. But <laughs> you have to be. <laughs> you have to be to a degree to get to that point. Because I always thought that when you were paralyzed, it was numb. And, right. you know, you just had to work it out the best you could. No, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts bad. Um, wow. And then I'm trying to pretend like I'm okay in front of this child who's watching me, right. like our name implies, like a sparrow. Every move I make, everything. Mm-hmm. Mom, just lay here. What do you need uh, to go to the bathroom, baby? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the thing is I had to show some things you can't tell, some things you have to show. And Absolutely. I have a fierceness about me that I never knew that I had. And it was utter faith. I had a faith in God that I didn't know I had either. For you, um, a question coming from Ella from Florida. What has been your forgiveness process through this? Because I know a lot of people are thinking, okay, I She's been through all of this. How do you forgive? How do you forgive an individual who pretty much, you know, sought out, seeked, planned to take your life? How do you forgive someone? (laughs) These are excellent questions. So, Ella, thank you for that. Daniel, thank you. Um, But for me, it was, we don't need another bitter black woman on the planet. Mm. We just don't. And that was my yeah. choice. I'm going to be either bitter or I'm going to learn from this experience. Right. And I chose to learn from this experience, and I want to leave a legacy. Mm. I, I want to leave a legacy not just for my children and my grandson, but I want to do it for other women who think that they can't do it or for other people in general because they're all kind of handicapped. And sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's what I did, honey, I just prayed my way through it. I had mustard seed faith. And some days it wasn't even that. It was some days it was dust of the mustard seed. And mm. I knew that one day it was going to be okay. I knew that one day I was going to be okay. I knew that one right. day I could give this child back the lifestyle that we had previously. I didn't know mm-hmm. how and I didn't know when. But I knew that I had to do something, and I didn't want to be bitter about it. So that's what I did is I forgave her for me, 
because I didn't want to mm-hmm. be angry and I didn't want to be bitter. And I didn't want to carry around all of this hurt in me because it eats at you like cancer does. And, and I do believe that's why so many people get cancer. But I made a choice to fight it with everything that I have and to forgive her. And it was hard. And my son hasn't forgiven her and Lisa hasn't forgiven her. And that's okay. That is yeah. okay. That is their choice. But it was my choice to say thank you. I forgave her because she actually gave me a better life. I had mm-hmm. to fight for it. I had to fight, but she gave me a better life. Because right. I would, like I said, I would still be in a relationship I knew I had no business being in, in a job that I absolutely hated. But in the meantime, in between time, by her completely flipping my life upside down, I got a new family. I have met some of the most awesome people around that I previously would have never met. Mm-hmm. And I learned Absolutely. a lot about Lisa in the process. Absolutely. I learned things about myself Absolutely. that I had no idea. And it's it's things like this that let you know just how badass you are. What What is it about you that is going to rise up to the occasion? And there were some days Absolutely. I couldn't move. All I could do was all I could do mm-hmm. was just thank God that I was alive because I didn't have the strength to get out of bed. I couldn't get out of bed initially. I needed help with everything that I did. I couldn't comb my own hair. I couldn't brush my own teeth. I needed help for everything. I couldn't, you know, couldn't, you know, take care of my own personal hygiene when I went to the bathroom. So, you know, it's the little things that we take for granted. And that some days I just lay in the bed and I just thank you. You know, hallelujah anyhow, because I'm going to make it through this. Absolutely. Mustard tea face. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lisa, for those individuals out here, um, we all have those friendships, and sometimes we have those friendships that have a lifetime, and so sometimes we have those friendships where, uh, you know, you, you're friends, you grow up together, experience some things together in, in life or whatever transpires, and you, you kind of lose people. What do you think, looking back at at friendships in general, even nowadays, what should we focus on? Because I think a lot of us get so bombarded with, you know, you meet a friend, oh, I got a girlfriend to go shopping with. I got a girlfriend to go out Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and party with, have a good Mm -hmm. time with. But we miss, Mm -hmm. like you said, we miss those signs that saying, hey, girl, this guy or the or this girl is is, is mm-hmm. no good for your camp. They're not going to deserve you any mm-hmm. good. And so, what what do we need to be more observant of when we come into interaction with people that we call those those quote unquote friends? Listen to your gut. Always listen to your first mind. It will never ever steer you wrong, not mm-hmm. ever. And the signs were there. The warnings were there, the bells and whistles and the red flags and the flashing lights and, you know, God saying, don't do this. It was all there. I didn't listen. I chose not to because I was so excited to see her again and for us to connect again. Listen to that voice. Listen to Mm. your gut. Listen to what God says. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Mm. And I pay dearly for not listening to him. You know, I, I definitely 
commend you for sharing the story with us and with so many people because I think that it's one of those things I know for me, uh, even when I just read the details of this book, like literally my every line, my mouth dropped, you know, further and further <laughs> down because, you know, not, because people would not phantom, you know, they would not phantom these type of things. Like, but like I said, you know, no, if we no. look at Lifetime show, movies or any other mm-hmm. network that has these different, you know, we're like, okay, all right, that's possible. But to, to think that, you know, things of that nature can occur in your life, um, or with somebody that you actually come, you know, paths with, cross paths with, it's just mind-blowing. And so I am definitely glad that um, you made it through all of this, and I'm pretty sure every Thank day is still a continuing healing process for you um, with that. And I'm glad that you're able to share this story, you know, because um, a lot of people – you know, don't make it too share their story when they go through things of this nature. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. that you were able to share it. And so I know that folks out here definitely want to know where they can go to purchase a copy of uh, this awesome, awesome book, Blindsided and Ambush. So tell them where they can go to purchase it. They can go to Amazon and Wonderful. get um, a copy or I think I have a link. No, I think I know I have a link on my Facebook page, which is Lisa Wise Pharaoh Author. So just follow the link, and it it will take you to Amazon to purchase Blindsided and Ambush. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, I definitely uh, know the folks out here want to be able to connect with you. Um, As far as social media, uh, can you give the folks out here your social media um, information so they can connect with you and keep up um, with your um, latest projects as well? My social media is, again, it is Lisa Weissero, author on Facebook, and at Lisa Farrow forty one on Twitter. So I'm not all into social media because I don't understand all of it like that. And um, <laughs> you can always which is a good thing Lisa because you Farrow. can get lost. You can get definitely lost with social media. <laughs> Girl, it is a lot. I need a tutor for all of this. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to email me, Lisa Sparrow forty one at gmail dot com. Absolutely, and of course, um, uh, two thousand seventeen is definitely rolling, rolling, rolling through. And so, uh, what um, other things do you have in store for yourself, um, or possibly um, new upcoming projects? I am um, actually ghostwriting for um, someone right now, which is a lot of fun. I was like, oh, okay. So when I was approached on, I was like, okay, well, I don't see why I can't do this. So it, it's a lot of fun <laughs> doing that. <laughs> as well as I am actually um, writing, making notes to Hosha Bank for four of my own books. So I'm doing a follow-up to His Eyes on the Sparrow which is my first book, okay. and um, I'm doing a follow-up to that one. And I've had a request for um, a couple requests to do an erotic romance 
So I'm having a lot, a lot of fun making them. Yeah. So some of it's real and some of it's Memorex, but I'm not going to admit to what's real and what's not. And um, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. Um, I mean, I love embarrassing my kids. It it just, you know, brings me so much joy, but some things they don't need to know. (laughs) And so um, I have. Uh, it, it's it's so much fun, mother. Yeah, you know, mother. When I'm irritating, so I think that's just <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> um, I was in an extra in a movie that um was made by someone here locally in Columbus, Ohio. I had a great time doing that, and so I hope to be an extra in a movie that they're making in the spring. So um, okay. it, it's just you know doing my bucket list. And I'm writing. I just, like I said, it's very cathartic for me. Um, I would love to be a backup singer on a CD. So, any of your listeners who's making a CD, awesome. please let me know. <laughs> definitely, definitely, a lady of many talents. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> and uh, I, I do. I definitely love it. Um, hey, you, you, you. In this day and time, you have to be flexible and uh, expand yourself, you know, in in many directions. And so it's absolutely amazing. And so I just thank you for coming on here tonight and and sharing with us and, oh, man, taking us down this journey with you. And uh, I definitely hope you'll you'll come back again soon and talk with us. Oh, thank you. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely, our pleasure. So for you, you got any final um, words or thoughts you want to share um, with the listeners out here? Well, I, I want to say hello to my publisher, Kim Stevens. She is absolutely awesome. I mean, she really, I just I handed it to her, and she created this masterpiece, and it was, I thought it was better than what I handed to her, so Thank you, Kim. I love you. I appreciate you. And um, my thing is, listen to those those that those voices, if you will, your gut. That's mm-hmm. saying, if it says don't mm-hmm. do something, don't do it. It's, you have that instinct for a reason. If it's saying stay away from this man, that woman, there's a reason. You may not always know what it is initially, but time mm-hmm. will always tell you. Absolutely. Don't learn the hard way like I did because it almost cost me my life and my son almost ended up an orphan. So mm. listen when you hear that. You know, if something doesn't feel right, please listen to your gut. Talk it out with somebody else and see if it doesn't feel right to them too because, you know, what they Absolutely. say, two heads are better than one. So sometimes you, you need Absolutely. to talk things out. Always maintain mustard seed shape. And that's what's got me this far, and that's what's got me to that is mustard seed faith and having a wonderful, wonderful support network who wouldn't allow me to give up, even that when they were going through their own issues. They were like, I can't believe this. They said, if I wasn't going through this with you, I wouldn't think that this was real. And there were times along the way that I was like, did this really happen? Yeah. I thought it was, you know, well, maybe it's in my head. You know, maybe I, I I finally had a nervous breakdown and I really nutted all the way up, but I didn't. So to have a good network, a good support system, and that's what does it. But, I mean, if you have a doubt, ask somebody. If something doesn't sound right and you're still you're listening to your gut and you're not sure what it is, ask someone else. And ultimately, I am a woman of faith. I am a woman of God. 
Pray on it. Pray on it. Absolutely. 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 I couldn't have said it better myself. And, of course, uh, we definitely uh, thank you for coming on here. And make sure you guys head on over to Amazon, and I'll be sharing the link um, on um, the Bianca Fire page as well as the Beautiful Butterfly Show page uh, so that folks can go and purchase it and support. Make sure you guys leave our uh, comments and feedback, all of those great things. And so, Lisa, once again, thank you so much for coming on here. I truly enjoyed having you um, on here you. and sharing your story with us. It definitely means a lot. And so I uh, definitely hope you have a great rest of your evening and, and rest of your um, weekend. You too. You too. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Bianca. I appreciate it. You, you are very welcome. I'll be talking with you again soon. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was author Lisa Sparrow, you guys, author of Blindsided and Ambush. Head on over to Amazon and purchase that book. Um, man, I'm telling you guys, you're going to be in store for a treat. Um, as you guys got the opportunity to listen um, tonight, uh, you know, I, I think that oftentimes we, we we see movies or we think of situations, but we don't always think, you know, that those things can actually take place. And so this is a book um, about the unexpected. This is a book about, you know, the forgiveness process. And this is a book about what's to come um, after tragedy. And so big thank you to Lisa for being so open and transparent um, and real and authentic about sharing her story with us tonight, you guys. And so, um, of course, um, coming up next Tuesday um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Standard Time. We got Tiffany Upchurch Rivera. She's coming on, and we're going to be talking about her book entitled Ruined Womb, um, From Infertility to Inspiration. And so if you are a woman or have been through that process of dealing with infertility or a loss of a child, um, this is going to be uh, the show for you. So that's coming up uh, August 29th um, at 6.30 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, uh, right over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Would love to have you guys uh, join us and support us. Um, once again, special thank you to Lisa Sparrow for coming on here. You guys, make sure you go and support her book. And so with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to head out of here, and we're going to go out with um, our uh, gospel inspirational singer, Tiffany J., who's also on um, Twitter. You can locate her at I am Tiffany J. Uh, she has a new comprehensive CD out uh, and book entitled It All Starts With Me, you guys. So this is her latest single, It All Starts With Me, um, and it truly does, guys. It always starts with you and what you choose to do with your life and what happens in your life and what you deal with, how you handle with what occurs in your life. So with that said, you guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. I am Bianca Fly. I'll see you guys next time. It all starts with me, my life, my destiny.
the Beautiful Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio Network. <laughs>